0: Log Talk Radio.
1: And welcome back uh, to another edition of the Pan-African Journal. The Pan-African Journal is an audio news magazine. It's brought to you here on a weekly basis. Uh, I am your host, uh, Abayomi Azikawe. Today is uh, Saturday, uh, June 25th, uh, 2022. We're broadcasting live uh, from our studios in uh, downtown Detroit. We'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in to another edition of our program. And uh, we're continuing uh, in this episode, uh, focus on Black Music Month, uh, which was founded in the late 1970s. Also, the program features our Pan African Newswire report. Uh, we'll have dispatches on the statement by the Russian Foreign Ministry on their position related to Ukraine becoming a candidate member of the European Union. There are calls uh, from human rights organizations in Spain for an inquiry into the deaths of migrants in a recent stampede. The World Health Organization, WHO, has made an assessment of the state of the monkeypox virus amid an international outbreak, and the leader of the Malian military regime uh, has placed his name on a slate to run in a proposed election in two years. In the second and third hours, we continue a month-long examination into the legacy of black music. In this episode, we are paying tribute to uh, the legendary Aretha Franklin uh, from Detroit and uh, Phyllis Hyman uh, from Philadelphia. These and other features will be brought to you uh, during the course of our program. Stay tuned. Uh, right now, we'll take a musical interlude with the legendary Emilia Bell uh, from the album entitled Phenomenon. Let's listen in. back.
2: I am a man, I am ya man, I am a man, I am a man, I am a man, I am a man, I am Zili mazilinga mupale ya emema Bakare barabima bora borababe ale barabima le kiri nsimi emema Mazili mazilinga mupale ya emema Puma ema, mazi, ma zi linga mupalea eme
1: And uh, that was uh, the voice and music of Emilia Bell uh, from the Democratic Republic of Congo from the album Phenomenon. And uh, we're here at the Pan-African Journal, our worldwide radio broadcast. And we're commemorating uh, Black Music Month. And um, we, of course, are uh, dealing with music uh, from all throughout the Pan-African world. Now we want to move into our Pan-African Newswire report. I'll leave story. And uh, in some of the headlines in today's Pan-African Newswire says that the European Union and NATO are building a coalition against Moscow. And that's according to Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov. He said this at a press conference uh, following talks with Azerbaijani top diplomat uh, Jeyhun Aramov in Baku uh, on yesterday. However, in Lavrov's words, Russia doesn't see any risk in Ukraine or Moldova uh, getting EU candidate status, though there are no illusions that the EU will abandon its Russophobic policies anytime soon. Uh, Task has put together the key remarks that the Russian diplomat made uh, yesterday. He said that when a World War II broke out, Hitler united a significant number, if not most, of the European countries under his banner, war against the Soviet Union. Today, the EU and NATO are acting in a similar way, uh, building a modern coalition of the same kind for a fight and pretty much a war against Russia. Moscow does not see any risk to its interests in the European Union's decision to grant Canada's status to Kiev and Chisinau. The EU is not a political bloc uh, like the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. The development of its relations with any willing countries does not create threats or risks for us. Moscow is under no illusion that the European Union will change its attitude to Russia or abandon uh, Russophobic policies. The European Union keeps making it clear uh, that it does not and does not intend to implement the existing economic, humanitarian, and internal security agreements between Russia and the European Union nations. It doesn't want to carry out the tasks that were outlined based on the lofty goals of creating a common space from the Atlantic to the Pacific Ocean. All this has been left behind, becoming a thing of the past. And uh, related to other news, um, in terms of the situation in the uh, Russian Federation, uh, NATO, while supporting the resolution of the Ukrainian conflict, via talks, is doing everything to disrupt them. That's according to the uh, Lugansk-Dombas People's Republic leader and chairman of the Russian State Duma Committee on Foreign Affairs, Leonid Slutsky, He said this in a statement. He said that, quote, uh, NATO Security General, Secretary General John Stolenberg uh, said that the situation in Ukraine should be resolved via talks. Yet to strengthen Kiev's position, it is necessary to continue flooding Ukraine with weapons and increased sanctions against Russia. NATO supporters, he talks yet, is doing everything for them not to happen. He wrote on his Telegram channel uh, earlier today, the lawmaker noted that Kiev perceives the military support as an absolution. Western arms are used to kill civilians and commit war crimes, he wrote. As for the sanctions of the collective West, uh, Mr. Stolenberg cannot weaken Russia's position in any way. They are becoming stronger every day, uh, he added. And in the industrial area and airport in Severodonetsk, uh, Lugansk People's Republic, have been completely liberated from Ukrainian forces, uh, head of the Chechnya, Ramzan uh, Kadyrov, uh, said on his Telegram channel earlier today. The industrial area of Severodonetsk and the airport have been completely liberated, uh, Kadyrov said. <clears throat> According to Kadyrov, the cleanup of the airport is in progress and its entire territory is under control. He also said that 800 civilians were liberated from the Azov plant in Severodonetsk. The cleanup of the settlement uh, of Barabskoye is also in progress. One of the difficult points of the Ukrainian defense did not last long, Kadarov said. He also thanked uh, his aide, uh, Apti Olodinov, and commander of the Second Corpus of the LPR People's Militia call sign Atla uh, for uh, the operation. In news on the African continent, the heavily armed men appeared around a small village in Ethiopia's Oromia region, fighting residents already on edge after recent clashes between government troops and rebels. The militants assured us that they would not touch us. They said they are not after us, resident Nur Hussein Abdi told uh, the international media. But in reality, uh, they were surrounding our whole village. For a deadly massacre. What happened the next day was a total bloodbath. Abdi escaped uh, by hiding on a rooftop, a horrified witness to one of the worst mass killings in Ethiopia in recent years. Hundreds of people, mostly ethnic Amhar, were slaughtered in Tole village and the surroundings on June 18th in the latest explosion of ethnic violence in Africa's second most populous state. Multiple witnesses are uh, told uh, the International media, they are still discovering bodies, with some put in mass graves containing scores of people. The Amhar Association of America said it has confirmed 503 civilians killed. Ethiopian authorities have not released figures. One witness, Mohammed Kamal, said he has witnessed 430 bodies buried, and others are still exposed and de- decomposing. Kamau uh, begged Ethiopia's government to relocate the survivors, saying the armed men had threatened to return. They killed infants, children, women, and the elderly, uh, resident Ahmed Kassim said. The Amhar Association of America said the dead included a 100-year-old and a one-month-old baby, and some people were killed in a mosque where they had tried to hide. Residents and Oromia regional officials have blamed the Oromo Liberation Army, an armed group that Ethiopia governments has declared a terrorist organization. An OLA spokesman denied it, alleging that federal troops and regional militia attacked the villages for their perceived support of the OLA as they retreated from the an OLA offensive. Again, Ethiopians are left wondering why the federal government failed to protect them from the violent side of the country's ethnic tensions and why ethnic minorities in a federal system based on identity are left so vulnerable. Teddy Afro, Ethiopia's much-celebrated uh, pop star, released two songs this week highlighting the crisis that has worsened in the past four years and dedicating his songs to civilians who have lost their lives. You're listening to uh, the Pan-African Newswire segment of the Pan-African Journal. Human rights organizations in Spain and Morocco have called on both countries to investigate the deaths of at least 18 Africans and injuries suffered by dozens more who attempted to scale the border fence that surrounds Medida a Spanish enclave in North Africa. Morocco authorities said the casualties occurred when a stampede of people tried to climb the iron fence that separates Madrid and Morocco. In a statement released Friday, Morocco's Interior Ministry said 76 civilians were injured, along with 140 Moroccan security officers. Local authorities cited by Morocco's official MAP news agency said the death toll increased to 18 after several migrants died in the hospital. The Moroccan Human Rights Association reported 27 dead, but the figure could not immediately be confirmed. Two members of Morocco's security forces and 33 migrants who were injured during the border breach were being treated at hospitals in the Moroccan cities of Nador and Utah. Uh, MAP said Spanish Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez earlier today condemned what he described as a violent assault an attack on the territorial integrity of Spain. Spanish officials said 49 civil guards sustained minor injuries. If there is anyone responsible for everything that appears to have taken place at that border, it is the mafias that traffic in human beings, Sanchez said. His remarks came as the Moroccan Human Rights Association shared videos on social media that appeared to show dozens of migrants lying on the ground, many of them motionless and a few bleeding as Moroccan security forces stood over them. They were left there without help for hours, which increased the numbers of deaths. The human rights group said on Twitter it called for a comprehensive investigation. In another of the association's videos, a Moroccan security officer appeared to use a baton to strike a person lying on the ground. In a statement released uh, yesterday, Amnesty International expressed his deep concern over the events at the border, although the migrants may have acted violently in their attempt to enter Medina. Uh, when it comes to border control, not everything goes, said Esteban Beltran, the director of Amnesty International in Spain. The human rights of migrants and refugees must be respected in situations like that same. cannot happen again. And uh, finally, uh, in the West African uh, state, Well, finally, uh, before we get there, uh, we want to speak about the World Health Organization, which said the escalating monkeypox outbreak in more than than 50 countries should be closely monitored, but it does not warrant being declared a global health emergency. Now, this was said in a statement earlier today, uh, Saturday, June 25th, that a WHO emergency committee said many aspects of the outbreak were unusual and acknowledged that monkeypox, which is endemic in some African countries, has been neglected for years. While a few members expressed differing views, the committee resolved by the consensus to advise the World Health Organization Director General that at this stage the outbreak should be determined to not constitute a global health emergency. WHO said this in a statement. WHO, nevertheless, pointed to the emergency nature of the outbreak and said controlling its spread requires an intense response. The committee said the outbreak should be closely monitored and reviewed after a few weeks, but it would recommend a reassessment before before then if certain new developments emerge, such as cases among sex workers spread to other countries or within countries that have already had cases, increased severity of cases, or increasing rate of spread among the cases. The World Health Organization Director General Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus convened the emergency committee on Thursday after expressing concern about the epidemic of monkeypox in countries that haven't previously reported the disease. And uh, in our final story for this segment, Mali's junta leader, Colonel Asimi Guetta, Signed a new law yesterday, paving the way for elections and a return of the country to constitutional rule. Colonel Guetta has been president of the transitional government since seizing power in a coup two years ago. The law would also allow him and other military members of the transitional government to run in 2024, when the next presidential election is scheduled, according to a copy of the new legislation seen uh, by uh, the international press. West Africa's regional bloc, the Economic Community of West African States, imposed stiff sanctions on Mali earlier this year after military rulers refused to hold elections in February as planned. The new law creates a single election management body to replace a contested three-party system and details the steps that would lead to elections. Uh, it means to sign- signal uh, the junta's willingness to return a two constitutional rules and convince the Economic Community of West African States, ECOWAS, to ease sanctions according uh, to the state media. Uh, however, the fact that Junta leaders would be able to run for office could derail the democratic process and cast doubt on the country's future return to stability, uh, said Abrahman Giyar, a uh, youth president for the Union for the Republican Democracy, which is a political party. But conflict analysts uh, say the concern is not about who is running or not, but finding a leader who is going to unite the country and help it emerge from its current security and political crisis. And with that, we're going to conclude the Pan-African Newswire segment uh, of uh, the Pan-African Journal. In concluding this segment, uh, we want to remind our listeners that the Pan-African Newswire is an international electronic press service. It is designed to foster intelligent discussions, on the affairs of African people throughout the continent and the world. The press agency was founded in January of 1998, and since then it has published thousands upon thousands of articles and dispatches in various newspapers, magazines, journals, research reports, and on blogs and websites throughout the world. The Pan-African Newswire represents the only daily international news source on Pan-African and global affairs. If you'd like to log on to the Pan-African Newswire so you can stay abreast of Some of the most pressing and burning issues of the day, just go to our website at panafricannews.blogspot.com. That's panafricannews.blogspot.com. If you'd like to log on and also uh, find uh, the Pan-African Journal, Worldwide Radio Broadcast, today's episode, just go to the Pan-African Radio Network. That's at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Pan-African Journal. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash Pan-African Journal. We'll take a musical interlude. We'll be back with more of our program for this week. Welcome back, and uh, that was uh, Aretha Franklin uh, in one of her earliest recordings from 1956 uh, with a song entitled Never Grow Old, uh, recorded at uh, New Bethel Baptist Church uh, when it was on uh, Hastings Street uh, in 1956. Uh, You can hear her father, Reverend C.L. Franklin, ululating in the background, and um, Aretha was 14 years old at the time, uh, that that uh, first album was recorded. And, of course, uh, Rita Franklin uh, was born in Memphis, Tennessee on March 25th, 1942, uh, some 80 years ago. Uh, she made a transition uh, during August 16th of 2018. Uh, her family uh, moved uh, to Buffalo, New York, and then to Detroit uh, in the late 1940s. Uh, Her father took over control of New Bethel Baptist Church and, of course, uh, the rest of history. Aretha, along with her uh, brother Cecil, uh, sisters Irma and Carolyn, uh, became um, very uh, well-known musicians and uh, professionals in the uh, city of Detroit. Uh, We're going to listen to a uh, rare archival audio file. Uh, taken from 1968 in a feature story uh, done on a Franklin uh, at the height of her popularity in the United States and around the world let's listen in
3: of music in America called soul. Perhaps having the greatest impact on popular music today is the soul sound of Aretha Franklin. In different periods of our history, it's been called different things. Spirituals, jazz, blues, rhythm and blues, gospel. It's a kind of music with intensity of feeling that bridges the gap between religion and
4: entertainment.
5: And whereas Detroit is proud of its native daughter, and whereas she's everybody's soul sister, therefore I, Jerome P. Cavanaugh, Mayor of the City of Detroit, do hereby proclaim Friday, February the 16th, as Aretha Franklin Day. On behalf of the editors of Cashbox and its publisher, George Albert, I take great pleasure in presenting to you the Cashbox Achievement Award for 1967. You finished first in singles, first on albums, and first in rhythm and blues. Areva also won all the awards available to a female vocalist and record-world record magazine. Right? reaches that common denominator in everybody that needs to be reached by a, a vocalist, I guess.
6: I'm still got to find out who and what I really am. I don't know yet. I'm trying to find the answer. <laughs> across the country, in fact, just
4: about all of them. There's one unique thing about um, gospel songs, they always sell, there's no date on them. A church type of singing, religious type of singing, it has a universal appeal because it says something that most people feel, and uh, most people respond to it because of its uninhibited expression. But Aretha is still a gospel singer.
5: There's a much stronger influence of gospel in contemporary rhythm and blues or soul music than there is of blues. For every 12-bar blues pattern, you might find, you know, 10 gospel patterns. They are on different chord progressions and with a somewhat different.
6: to it as I can for you. Let
2: me see.
6: Well, there are more passing chords in the gospel than there are in the other two. The jazz, I think, would be more fingering, as much soul, it could contain as much soul, but more fingering than chords I think. Father Cecil, is assistant minister, and we sing together at
2: church.
4: The type of singing that we call gospel singing is a kind of a tradition among, traditional type of thing among Negroes. Uh, It seems to have uh, originated in the South southern Negro churches and of course when the Negro began to migrate to the Middle West and the North and the East he took his music with him Um, Aretha kind of inherited that uh, tradition that religious culture he coached me a
6: lot in uh, singing taking my time and working with the song different things like that and uh, after traveling with him I, uh, I gained a lot of experience on the road with him then um, I decided I wanted to change fields so I let him know and uh, he felt that this was what I wanted to do and this is what I should do and that he would help me as much as he could to get into the field Oh, rhythm and blues and pop music. Okay. Hey, what
2: do y'all do? Why don't you just like you... Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Are we playing even, or are we going... ba 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 Which way are we doing it?
5: There you go. One. <laughs>
6: Recording session is engineered
5: Tom Dowd and Jerry Wexler. We do head arrangements. We don't work with charts because we feel that inhibits the possibility for freshness and spontaneity. We build the arrangements around Aretha's conceptions. It's her musical approach, the way she lines out a song, particularly the way she accompanies herself on piano. second break, you make the the first and the second beat. The third time, you make the first, second, and third beat.
2: It's a matter
6: of feeling and it's also a matter of sound. Uh, A lot of times where the band was right I felt I was wrong or not giving or living my lyrics enough. So we keep going over tapes until we're both you know
5: when you smile, when you smile, you know you get it. Ladies and gentlemen, let us meet Miss Aretha Frank. Aretha's acceptance started with the adults and worked back to the kids. And it's kind of strange because she has this little built-in shyness about kids as to whether or not they will accept her
6: sometimes they seem nervous about me and what they really don't know is I'm a little nervous about them too but before it's all over we we get together they like me and I like them out a tune.
2: No no
6: that not change that one. Ain't no way. The tune that my sister Carolyn wrote and she was trying to teach me. I didn't know how the melody went. And not being able to read music, she was showing it to me chord wise on the piano and give me a general idea of what type of feeling she wants on the tune. No, I put it right up under the first one. I just broke
2: two together oh, in the bridge and then it sounded pretty good. It sounds you you
5: gonna run it again?
6: observation of what's happening Thank you. rehearsing to my records
5: was going to do and how she was going to do it and that lasts up until the moment she opens her mouth and then it takes a complete change and uh, i'm very glad to say never for the worst but it's always been just a little above Of ABC News.
1: Welcome back, and uh, that was uh, made for TV. Focus and special on uh, Aretha Franklin, and of course, um, Aretha Franklin, uh, one of the uh, legends of 20th and 21st century uh, music, and of course, she uh, has uh, still. Uh, a tremendous uh, legacy in regard uh, to the music of uh, the African-American people and, indeed, uh, people uh, throughout uh, the world. And uh, you're listening to uh, the Pan-African Journal, a worldwide uh, radio broadcast. And uh, I am your host, uh, Abayomi Azikwe. And let's go back uh, to <clears throat> the original uh album that we played at the beginning from 1956, uh, Aretha Franklin singing in a church setting, her father's church, New Bethel Baptist Church, uh, then located on Hastings Street near Willis on the east side of Detroit. And uh, let's listen to A Fountain Filled with Blood. Hey. Welcome back, and uh, that was um, Young Aretha Franklin from 1956, singing at uh, New Bethel Baptist Church. You can hear uh, the Reverend C.L. Franklin, her father, in the background, and um, you're listening to uh, the Pan African Journal Worldwide Radio broadcast. This is our uh, series on Black Music for Black Music Month uh, for 2022. We're broadcasting live from our studios in downtown Detroit, and um, within uh, the context uh, that Aretha Franklin grew up in, of course, uh, she had parents who were phenomenal uh, vocalists. Also within uh, New Bethel Baptist Church, there were many uh, talented uh, singers and musicians. James Cleveland at one point had been uh, the musical director for New Bethel Baptist Church during the 1950s. Also, Miss Sammy Bryant, uh, who uh, was a soloist uh, at uh, the church and undoubtedly had an influence on Aretha and many others. Let's listen to uh, Miss Sammy Bryant with the tune entitled Walk With Me. of uh, Miss Sammy Bryant uh, with the Long Walk With Me, and uh, that was a tribute uh, to Aretha Franklin and uh, those uh, around who influenced her uh, to become the legendary Queen of Soul and an all-around uh, Renaissance woman. You're listening to uh, the Pan-African Journal Worldwide Radio Broadcast, so we're going to move on uh, to another Uh, Legendary songstress, and that is uh, Phyllis Hyman. But first, we'll listen to some music uh, from uh, Miss Phyllis Hyman. I'm To our documentary on the lifetimes and contributions of Phyllis Hyman. Let's listen in.
2: Are you
7: nervous about the pony? I'm extremely nervous. I'm scared to death. I really am scared. I'm signing Hyman Phyllis. Please, it's Phyllis Hyman. <laughs>
0: it's Phyllis
7: Hyman. <laughs> Who'd ever think that me, Phyllis Hyman, would be signing autographs oh, no. of a starring member of a hit Broadway musical?
5: An irresistible force and a dazzling musical legacy to come together in a stunning Broadway explosion of music, song and dance. Show
2: me a thing if it ain't got that that rhythm, everything you
5: Duke Ellington's Sophisticated Ladies at the Lunt Theatre for tickets called Charter.
7: nominated for a Tony Award.
0: It's just, a, it's an
7: exciting experience, but it's one that, let's not go through it until next year.
0: Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Don't forget, keep your fingers crossed. please. We need Thank you.
8: The nominees for Outstanding Featured Actors in a Musical are a very interesting group marilyn cooper only appears in one scene of woman of the year but she makes an indelible impression (laughs) phyllis hyman phyllis hyman a very successful recording artist is making her broadway debut in sophisticated ladies (laughs) and she looks as though she had been born on stage wanda richards plays that little girl in 42nd Street who's going out there a youngster but coming back a star. And Lynn Thigpen, who is a veteran of both on and off Broadway shows, was nominated this season for her work in Tin Types, which she just did. And the Tony for the outstanding featured actress in a musical is Marilyn Cooper, Woman of the Year.
9: I'd like to discuss your winning the prestigious theater world award and how you felt and what it's done for your career
7: you made a nervous wreck out of me I, tell you, I had never received uh any awards i mean nothing to really speak of speak about and when i got the call i didn't know what they were talking about i didn't get it <laughs> i'm always asleep First of all, i'm always sleeping and so i didn't yeah, what well, huh yeah okay right uh-huh. yeah. Uh, what did she say Hey, Eileen, what was that? Theater World Award. What is that? And, of course, not not being in theater, I, I wasn't quite sure what it, what it meant. And she explained it to me. And I said, me and Liz Taylor, huh? Does that mean I've arrived? All right. I was, it, was, it, was, it was it was exciting. And then yeah. Greg Hines presented it to me. Mm-hmm. And I was petrified because Maureen Stapleton was there and Liz Taylor, all the people who've been in many shows over the years. And it's for... Of course, past winners presented, and Gregory got up and he said, this is one of the most amazing performers I've ever seen. It's the only girl I know that can eat chicken at half hour, sleep for 15 minutes, <laughs> and go and sing her ball." Well, at that point, I just lost it. I mean, that was just hysterical. Mm-hmm.
9: Fellas, the transition from being recording artist, nightclub performer, concert, um... Stage. How did you make that transition onto the Broadway stage? Was it difficult? Slow, girl.
7: <laughs> the hardest thing I ever did. It was real tough. When I was offered the role, I told my manager. I remember that I was at the little club around the corner. And I said, "Don't outprice me. I want this job." In other words, mm-hmm. you know, in any you concert, you and I both know we're both from the same world, and the money in our concert performances is quite different than Broadway. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a big jump in salad. So I knew I couldn't make as much money on Broadway, but I didn't take the job for that reason. And nobody, I didn't have anyone to really ask a, a lot of questions to, about the rehearsal schedules and the time spent studying, and if and they had told me that I probably wouldn't have stayed. It's just the most grueling kind of work I've ever, ever undertaken, and it was, it was tough. <laughs>
2: You will find you getting where you're going if you hurry. What were some of
9: the real major problems that actually existed? We had, we had some serious ones. <laughs> <laughs> Can of you, of you, we had are you allowed you to talk about it? Oh, sure. sure.
7: I mean, yeah. not, they, it's not in my contract and I'm going to get my paycheck. <laughs> okay, <laughs> don't step on anybody's no, no, toes. No, no toes, no names. We had problems of communication. Uh, I think we had problems uh, with the producers, with the cast. With uh, directors,
0: so at least the direction of the show. Yeah, the
7: direction of the show. We had a lot yeah, of miscommunication, go so we got rid of the director. Uh-huh. We kept Gregory Hines. Right. Producers and, and the cast got closer together, and we put together a show with a new director mm-hmm. that we brought to Broadway and became a big
2: smash. <laughs> I do 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 do
0: has become one of the hottest stars on Broadway she made her stage debut in sophisticated ladies went on to win a Tony Award for her performance Uh, before we talk with Phyllis let's take a look at some of her work we have a clip from a TV special of Phyllis's and here it is Okay Phyllis uh, has just uh I finished a new album. That clip, by the way, was a local television special in Miami. Yeah. Uh, it was a WTVBJ. And it was called A Sophisticated Lady, appropriately enough. Welcome to Live at Five. Hey. Katie's hey. here with us now. Hey. Yeah. You? Welcome. You make your Broadway debut, and you won a Tony Award, but you came to Broadway with all sorts of credentials as a recording star. Was it a big thrill to be on Broadway,
7: or was it just another nice job? No, it wasn't just another <laughs> job. And I didn't win the Tony Award. I was nominated. Oh, that
0: was and great. great
7: job. Job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hines and Hinton Hinton Battle won it for Best Supporting Actor, and I was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. It's it's terribly different. The The rehearsal schedules and doing eight shows a week, uh, having to be in a half hour, all the rules and regulations uh, are just different than anything I'd ever experienced before.
3: A couple of minutes, there's a lovely lady who just uh, ran over here from the Lunt Fantan Theater where she's appearing in Sophisticated Ladies, but if you want to call right at the end of her song, help us make that $400,000. John, may I do the introduction here? Ladies and gentlemen, from Sophisticated Lady, she just finished a couple of minutes ago on the stage. Please greet Miss Phyllis Hyman.
9: I mean, I, I know it's a lot of hard work being in a show like that, but how do you combine being a successful recording artist, a Broadway star and a brand new album out? Yes. Yeah. And let me tell you, this, on this album, you're doing a duet yeah. with Michael Henderson, and I, the first and I'm, not tell, I'm not exaggerating because I'm not that kind of person, but the first time I heard it, I fell in love in oh, love with good.
7: it. It's a good song the album's wonderful. I've worked on it since so I worked it last before I mm-hmm. started the show. Can't yes, we a fall lot of in love again. It. Mm-hmm. And the album is, we've, we've the album's been up two weeks and we've already gone over 130,000 sales already. I guess that, so that says a lot right, right there. It's doing real good. So the only recordings I've ever done in in a, in in a jazz vein would be considered Sophisticated Ladies. I have recorded jazz numbers. I have never done a complete jazz album because I've not just a jazz singer. Mm-hmm. It's
0: so hard say. to categorize now. It really is. Between, it's uh, almost impossible. Middle of the road jazz, oh, High pop. Impossible. You know, yeah. it's almost
7: impossible because the music is so inter inter interwoven and it's 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 fused and so we just call it fusion music. Just lots of good music.
9: You said in an interview once that you were striving to be the total entertainer. Um, what, what area do you see yourself
7: going into? Ask the sophisticated I don't, I'm wasn't, I don't think when I made that statement, I was sure that meant I think someone mentioned that to me today. And now that I've had a chance to think it over, I think I want to be able to tap every available source that there is. Mm-hmm. What does total mean? Just tap everything. I mean, I cannot be a ballet dancer. I have no intention of trying to get up there and jump around, although I can kick up my leg. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> kick up. I mean, he kicks his leg, but I can I've learned to kick it pretty high. No telling what I'll do after it gets up there. I can't get it back. <laughs> but I can sing, mm-hmm. and I can act, and I, I do commercials, mm-hmm. still do my jingles. Mm-hmm. And I'm now doing voiceovers. I'm representing a cosmetic firm. I'm doing also for Clara, I'm doing for their hair coloring products. And I go on the road for them and do their jingles. I'm doing as much as the industry will allow. As much as it will allow. As long as they keep letting me in the door, here I come.
9: All right. Right on, oh, Phyllis Simon.
2: Feel
7: my emotions.
2: Hear what I say the things I want, I want for you. Who then I?
0: Now that she's added the smash album to her credits, the whole world will get to know what her fans have known all along. Phyllis Hyman has an extraordinary talent.
2: Oh,
0: Phyllis Hyman is anything but a lonely lady. From the day she whispered her first note in the world discovered she could sing, music critics have used words like smoky, haunting, and even seductive to describe her amazing voice. Some have compared this exceptional sound to echoes of Nina Simone. Nancy Wilson. How did appearing on Broadway and sophisticated ladies change your life? It was so different
7: than anything I'd ever done before. Eight shows a week, two on Wednesday and Saturday. It, it made a great difference in the way I approach the stage today. I had much more confidence when I hit that stage. Pretty much about the first year, I was a basket case. I was very nervous. Uh, you mean the first year you were performing? Yes, actually performing. I couldn't quite get it together. I just couldn't get it together. I was nervous. I didn't think I was that good. And when the Tony nomination came through and I won the Theater World Award, I really felt like they gave it to me because there was no one else. Philadelphia International Records. Kenny Gamble asked me to come and join his company. They were going with a new company called Manhattan Records, which is a a subsidiary of Capitol Records. And I took a minute to evaluate my situation and consider what options I had other than recording because... Well,
3: at one point, you didn't even want to make another record. I
7: really didn't. I had learned over that three-year period how to make a living. I had been in Sophisticated Ladies on Broadway, did a lot of commercials, uh, did a lecture tour, and I had learned to make a living. And I found the rec- record business a little tough. Kenny Gamble, uh, Tom Bell, um, they were all very kind with their time, and of course their their talent to help me with this record. Finally, I uh, tried my wings at producing. We had uh, put that particular song, I guess You Won't Be For so Loving, the show, and I started to, to, to do it live. Mean, I actually really liked it. I really enjoyed it. So I told um, Kenny that I wanted to record it. I told him that I thought it was uh, a great song. It was time for it to come out again. And he agreed with me. you wonder
0: watching you for years, and I've just always been struck by your confidence, It's so it's amazing to me to hear that you didn't always feel confident, that you were fearful. What did you fear? The
7: fear was of not being good enough, not being pretty enough, not being thin enough. I think a lot of girls go through that. I have just begun to put all of that aside, and I'm talking about just the last year or two. Uh, Being with a record company that did not give me any attention started that ball rolling and in most cases these problems creep up because artists unfortunately are oftentimes concerned with being musically correct and having on the right clothes and the right makeup and that's not enough I stress learning the business backwards and forwards being, being in control of what is going on in your life being able to have people like that you can trust in the entertainment field where the blacks generate billions of dollars Mm -hmm. we don't often get the opportunity to reap the benefits from that money that we generate Mm -hmm. and considering that I generate part of that billion I'm gonna take it back to the community that put me here in the first place. That's very important Mm -hmm. when I first got in the business all of the managers
2: Mm -hmm. the,
7: the big guys came around and I took my time I was not in a hurry to do anything and they were very By that attitude, they knew I wasn't being conceited, but it's just that I wasn't in any hurry. I was making a decent living doing nightclubs. I just didn't understand what management meant, and I don't like to sign contracts. Mm -hmm. I I knew enough from working as a secretary in legal services that once you put your name on that piece of paper, you are bound and gagged, and I don't like that. I like to be bound by my word, and those Mm -hmm. people who have worked with me over the years know that my word is my bond, and I don't go back on that. Special record. This record is very special to me because it's my first in four years Mm -hmm. that I can be totally proud of from A to Z. I had a hand in every aspect of the album. I did not have to record anything I did not like. My managers and uh, Kenny Gamble Mm -hmm. never pressured me at all to do anything that I didn't care to do. They just let me go and they let me take my time. Which is unheard of in the business. Tell me about it. I had suffered for so many years, not, not only because the industry forced certain things on me, but because I did not know how to say no. Mm-hmm. I did not know how to ask questions, I was petrified, I was, I was intimidated. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to say no, I didn't know how to say, I don't like that record, it's not me. This time around, I decided I wanted to go back to my roots. The roots that Norman Connors helped me cultivate,
2: mm-hmm.
7: he helped me make. A musical decision he put out betcha by golly Wild, and it was one of the best things he could ever have done because it set me up you know? you know it was a great setup for me and i wanted to go back to that i had no conscious interest in getting into the business I, my friends and neighbors uh thought that i had a lot of talent and that i should use it to uh, make money if i had known what it was going to be like i never would have gone into it it's much harder the sacrifices are m- much more extensive, the pain is greater, the stress is greater. I just thought it was all fun and games, put a little makeup on, do your hair, you know, and go out and work. It's not like that at all. Um, it's a 24 hour day job, 7 days a week. I have no husband, I have no children and that is a uh, it's
0: a sacrifice. <laughs>
2: a time in my life when we were lovers, and we shared this apartment together, Jesus is true.
7: end of things, because the entertainment end is so small. You work, you're behind off uh, for years and years and years, and, and you look back and you say, what do I have to show for? And um, the industry is, uh, is full of loopholes and, and, and uh, gray areas that artists don't pay any attention to, because you have some cigar-smoking manager on your uh, back shoulder talking about, don't worry about it, I'll take care of it. But, You know, we know that's a crock. You have to take care of yourself. I have also been burned in the past. Mm -hmm. Letting other people do that, those who claim to have been the experts, Mm -hmm. and I got burned. And I'm skeptical. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to take away the word, I do not trust people. Mm -hmm. You know, that word has a very negative connotation. And now I'm replacing it with skepticism because that is, you know, maybe, eh, and either or. Mm -hmm. And I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical of most people I do business with you know Mm -hmm. I I have that attitude show me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no don't ask me to trust you show me Mm
0: with the tune, Old Friend, which was written especially for Phyllis by the late Linda Creed, who is responsible for such hits as betcha By, Bally wow and The Greatest Love of All. Creed, who died of cancer, wrote Old Friend, especially for Phyllis, who still has difficulty recalling that time in her life and singing the song which means so much to her.
7: The song was written by Linda Creed, a very, a very talented writer. The lyricist mm-hmm. and throughout the seventies and early eighties she wrote most of the hits uh, that came out of came out of uh, Philadelphia International, the Philly sound. Mm-hmm. Not most of them, but her and Tom Bell wrote quite a few of them. She wrote the lyrics to the Betcha by Valley Wow. Mm-hmm. She wrote the lyrics to I Don't Wanna Lose You, the lyrics to The Greatest Love of All. And uh, she had been battling cancer for twelve years. And she Tom Bell gave a tune to me and I I fell in love with it, like mm-hmm. that, that, that very afternoon. Yeah. Very grateful to have been one of the artists to uh, to have a chance to uh, do one of her last pieces of work. This next song comes from the Living All Alone album. And the lyricist, Ms. Linda Creed, died right before the album was released some four years ago. And unfortunately, I got a call here in Japan uh, letting me know that one of my dear friends had also died. And uh, this song conjures up all sorts of images for me. I think about my mom and dad who are alive, my friends, sometimes ex-lovers, people that I cared a great deal about and who've gone people who are in my life today that I care about, my family here on the stage with me and that we I travel together with all the time then oftentimes you guys who well, without you, it couldn't work and we're very grateful for that, but tonight I can't deny that I have to um think about my old friend, Johnny.
0: lady claims she can't get a date. I can't. (laughs) All of those who aren't dating want to flip their throats about that. What does that mean, you can't get a date? (sighs) What it really means is that women
7: in my industry, and I talk to a lot of singers about this, men don't really talk to us. Why? Don't ask me. Guys, why don't you talk to us?
0: Have you been married?
7: Well, we don't want to discuss No, no, really. I've been married a long time ago, and uh, it was—he was a nice gentleman, and
0: uh, obviously didn't work out. Uh, Obviously, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, let's get this Cost me a lot of money. Did Mm. it? Did it? Mm. Now, do you want to be married?
7: No. No, I shouldn't say that. What I would like is someone nice in my life. I would like to be able to go on lunch dates like a lot of the girls I know. I like—I love children, but. I'm told uh, by men who who are friendly with me that I'm intimidated. I'm over six yeah. feet tall. Yeah. I'm not a thin woman. Um, I'm not afraid to show my figure. Um, I'm not afraid to laugh and to have a lot of fun. I'm not very quiet. And it seems like guys
0: like girls who are, hi, how are you? Uh, I know some guys See, who I would think you're terrific. I'll fix you up later. Yeah, I will. I've got a guy for you. If
7: this table were not so close, I would fall on my knees. (laughs) No, I'm serious. It's hard. And I'm told by other women, uh, executive women, that they have a hard time as well. I don't know if that's true or not, but um, I can can testify to the fact that it's definitely um, not easy for me. Men do not ask me out. They think that I'm unapproachable, and I'm not. And you're not. I'm a great cook. I love being at home. I'm a cancer. I was born July 6, 1949, and I love. I'm a new 40.
0: Now, let's talk about that. You've just turned 40, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Feeling different? Did it scare you? I mean, did you have one of those horrible birthdays? I didn't go through that at 25.
4: Yeah, I didn't know.
0: I have girlfriends who are turning 22 and 23 and freaking out. (laughs)
7: <laughs> they are literally having psychological trauma. But you didn't I had know, at no, all. no, no. Why no. You, think
0: you You know, you know why?
7: Because when I turned 18, uh, Adam was told before then that I was gonna have everything <laughs> together. 18 came, and I didn't have a clue. 21 came, and I still didn't have a clue. Uh, and then 30 came, 35 came, and I begun to have clues about who I was, who I wanted to be, and I like that um i find that i i like getting older i like the wrinkles i like sometimes the extra dimples jazz, you know, i like that you know i'm not a workout queen i'm not into the gym i'm not into being skinny i mean it would be nice to be thin if if that were the case but it's not i would have to work at it yeah. extensively and guess what i'm not going to do
2: it <laughs> no, not
0: Get real fond of you. Yeah. How would you describe yourself as a woman trying to deal with life in the eighties? You in the center of your album yeah. is a reflection of that single woman. Well,
7: I don't deal with it very well. I I manage to produce and deliver. But personally I haven't dealt with it very well. I've had a a lot of emotional ups and downs, as I said earlier. I have begun the process of recovery, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to feel better about myself, regain my confidence. But you seem
0: like the type of person that that lives life from one extreme, there's no medium ground for oh, no, there for you.
7: isn't. I'm, I'm born under the sign of cancer, and I have a Sagittarian moon in rising, mm-hmm. and if you know anything about the sign, that's called extreme highs and extreme lows, and there is no middle for me. It has to be something that has to be worked on, and I'm talking about worked on full time, and that's almost impossible in this sort of world. <laughs>
2: This am not going oh Oh, oh Oh, 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 oh.
7: very very serious and they sound angry Uh, and i tried to figure out a way to not be so angry because i wasn't as angry as i was hurt and dealing with what i consider to be a real situation each time i had ever fallen in love it became a real sickness for me i couldn't think for myself i had no real sense of self I had more of a sense of just that person I became so obsessed that I couldn't really function as an individual and then I began to try to center my energies around Phyllis and one of the reasons the last guy left he said you know you're too centered on me you don't have anything for yourself I decide I need to get with Phyllis which has enabled me to care more and to give more. My, my initial reason for writing it was because of a, a, an ending love affair and then I use all of the drug addiction terminology and feelings about drugs connected, and connected that to the song as well. Although I wasn't actually talking about drugs particularly at the at the time, mm-hmm. you surely can consider and relate to drugs being as obsessive and as addictive, you know, and even more more painful you know than a broken love spirit because you can always move on to the next affair and hope for better results but you can't move from one drug to another and expect better results it's always going to do the same thing kill your spirit and ruin your life so well i would
3: love to hear you sing the second verse or if just to tell me what the lyrics were uh,
9: mm-hmm. uh, wait, excuse me the lyrics <coughs>
2: hi oh, you, I haven't done I since uh, can't see myself in love again now it's time to be your friend learning is a better way falling in love is a loose and gay never go down that road again I've been there before I don't
7: want it no more no more no
2: more
7: never again obsession is its name
3: how long ago was this?
7: This was my, not the last mm-hmm. trip to Japan, about oh, a year ago. Mm-hmm. A year ago yeah. that, I, mm-hmm. that I wrote it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I worked on it with Terry Burrs and we worked on it. And I thought, oh, no one's going to want to hear this because it's so heavy. And I thought, wait a second. But Phyllis, this is your song. Mm-hmm. You wrote it with, with something that reflects your life, like living mm-hmm. all alone my last album mm-hmm. it was something I had experienced. Mm-hmm. Someone left me then too and <laughs> when they brought me the song. said, "Well, A lot of my songs are painful to people. People say there's a lot of painful songs. And I don't think pain is bad for me or for anyone. I think it's just a part of my life mm-hmm. along with the good things. But I have a tendency to sing those songs and deliver those stories.
3: But you say never again.
7: Never again falling year. in love uh-uh. Have you? Well
2: <laughs>
7: Not the same <laughs> way I'm engaged now I just got engaged uh-huh. um, A couple months ago The way I feel about him And our relationship Is much different than before It's not the obsessive Addictive thing It's more of a A partnership it's a, it's a it's The strongest caring I've ever felt For any man in my life But it's not the same Sickness that I had before and I, I'm not so sure If all that stuff Was not being in, in lust And some other kind of Which I don't think is sick, but I think lust is pretty neat.
2: My life's such misery Hadn't changed, hadn't failed Perhaps it's just my destiny Learning is a better way Falling in love always me. Obsession is its name And addiction is its game I'm telling you Never again
7: I have an album that's ready. We have been working on an album forever and yeah, it's called uh, In the Prime of My Life, Mm -hmm. Phyllis Hyman, In the Prime of Her Life. And One of the songs on the album is In the Prime of My Life and what we're waiting for is the right distribution deal. Mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken. Uh, well, I well, I shouldn't tell Mr. Gamble's business on the air. I don't know if I'm allowed to say these things, but he's just made a major publishing deal with one of the majors, mm-hmm. and he's about to sign the uh, have the Quit laughing out there. Somebody, somebody hears me telling the truth. <laughs> yeah, we heard this before. <laughs> hmm. Now I'm playing that this is this is right this time because his album's over a year old. I've been performing it for the audiences, and they love it, so the material's already out there, as I did with Living All Alone. Mm-hmm. I let the audience hear. They tell me, hey, it's a, it's a winner. Let's go for it. But it's hard sometimes to get the record companies to see that mm-hmm. because we were talking earlier about the packaging of artists and how they're picking up kids off the street pretty much. The producers are producing these records. These kids have little and no talent. They look right. hmm I'm telling you, get a girl, get the hair weave on there and make her lose 30 pounds. you got to hit record. Can't sing a lick. Can't sing a note. Now, now, How does that make
3: you feel, old Phyllis, as an artist? I mean, who's worked so hard for so many years. And you are an artist. I mean, you sing. It,
7: it, can you say this on the air? It pisses me off. I think you can. It makes me big time angry. <laughs> you just angry. said it. It makes me yeah. big time angry because of the fact that I have spent so many years developing this talent and working very hard at it. And then... I realize sometimes, some parts of the industry, they're only interested in quick results, Mm -hmm. instant results. They get these artists and these artists are thrown away afterwards. They think they're they're on the road to their big break. You hear from them this year, you don't hear from them anymore. That's very true. They're being used and they're being discarded. Mm -hmm. Now I've been in this industry since 76 making records and I have gotten Real strong because I have been depressed for many years because I only bring out on a record every five years due, unfortunately, to politics in this business. <clears throat> Being with Kenny Gamble has been a joy because he has been very supportive of me. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful even though it doesn't pay the bills. You know I'm able to work on the road and do things with Lonnie and Grover because people believe in me. But it really... It's taken its toll on me because I've been real depressed i won 't deny that mm-hmm. that we have a record we've been sitting on we work we're on the road working, but we can't work as much as we normally would because we need a record it's always it's that, that whole that whole scenario chapter yeah. to go through with as an artist, I should just be able to go work and make music, but it's not like that
3: it's it's really changed it's like the oh, record company yeah. a lot of them is being run by Numbers people.
7: No question. These do people, know, people have, don't know anything that, about
3: music. They're not into artists. No, no, no. They just want to see bottom line numbers.
2: No, no.
7: of my life has more meaning than just the title of a song off of my album. It signifies a very special time in my life where I have begun to like me a whole lot more. I've begun to be more comfortable with who I am and where I'm going. And through the grace of God, I can achieve those things that
0: that are my goals. It has been five years since her last album, and Phyllis Hyman fans have been longing for a new recording. As usual, she has come back with an album that was well worth the wait. We've missed you, Phyllis. Why
7: has it been so long? Well, we had to find a new distributor, and uh, after we left Manhattan, we uh, had, just had to do a lot of searching and negotiating. It takes a great deal of time, and we were lucky enough to get with Zoo Records, too is putting the kind of energy behind this record that I haven't had done in a long time. Since Buddha Records, where our cast was always trying to, to do new and innovative things with my um, records. I was able to find a dance tune this time, kind of a, not real fast, but mid, mid-tempo mid tune called Don't Want to Change the World. I've been looking for a song like that for a long time. And just basically, just a good feeling of music. I think what my fans have been dying to hear from me. martinelli and i haven't had a chance to do a dance tune since um you know how to love me so i was very very uh, excited when i got that song and even more excited when i saw that you know when i heard how it turned out prime of my life is
3: phyllis hyman's uh, latest album and she certainly is in the prime of her life
0: her album is at the top of the R&B charts and has produced three hit singles so far we're going to walk go over, over here hello to her this uh, is the latest when you get right down to it. Hi Hi there. Hi Sarah. You look sensational.
5: How are you? (laughs) I'm fine. Nice to see
9: you.
7: Are you in the middle of a tour at the moment? Yeah. We On the 19th of this month, we're in Cleveland. 20th, we're in Maryville, Indiana, right outside of Chicago. Then 21st, we're in... um, Detroit, and the 22nd in Philadelphia. Okay,
3: now, for those of you who may not have seen Sophisticated Lady, Phyllis is one of the reasons to see it. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah.
7: Yeah. 80s, is Great show. Yeah.
0: Is there a significance to the song you're going to sing for us this morning?
7: It's about realizing you're no longer in love with someone. And um, I've gone through that quite a bit, so this lyric is... so yeah. totally oh, really?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's got to happen. Better it yeah. happens on the road, right? It. Okay. <laughs> All
3: right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome, once again the inevitable styling of Phyllis Heyman. Hyman,
4: excuse me.
9: (laughs)
2: is right or wrong You know you're not to blame, you drove you crazy, you kept coming back for more, but now you know the score Anymore
3: will be at the Will Turn Theater here in Los Angeles May 1st and 2nd. Thank you for stopping by. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. See you in 23 hours. One of the best out there, without doubt, and that's why she's here this week. She's a female vocalist who's made her name synonymous with quality music throughout the recording industry, and also her live performances have also helped to enhance that name. Please welcome to Video Soul, Phyllis Hyman.
7: Clean, too. I knew you'd come right. How
2: are you?
3: You look so good.
7: Well, thank you. you. Man, could you pull your hat back a little bit? We're gonna get, no, I'm just kidding. I'm I fell for it. You got me. You look great. Thank you.
3: Oh, man, it was so good to see you. Yeah. So when you uh, get ready to record, um, how
7: do you go about looking for songs that you're going to do? Well, most songwriters know the kind of music that I do, and we get a nice collection of, of, of things um, and I just choose things by the way I feel. I like songs that have stories to them, um, that have a beginning, a middle, and an end. I'm, I'm hard pressed to sing about, baby, I love you, mm-hmm. don't you love me too? Mm-hmm. You know I love you, baby. Mm-hmm. Come on, baby. <laughs> I can't really sing that. Nor do I have an easy time singing about love. Mm. I'm in love, I'll always love you. Oh, we're going to be happy forever. I have a difficult time with that kind of yeah. work because that's not true. <laughs> it's a lie. Uh, do
3: you still enjoy being in the studio recording, or is that? I
7: never enjoyed it. So really? To you. Oh you no, know, I hate the studio. It's 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 like it's being in an empty room yeah. and trying to get your emotions, having your emotions kick in when you're not singing to anybody.
2: Mm-hmm.
7: There's no one there, mm-hmm. and that's very difficult for me. So I have a I have a hard time. I Make them bring you television, magazines, especially food. Mm-hmm. Must have food. <laughs> and so in between takes, I'm eating. <laughs> I'm reading books. I'm, because it's just real cold. It's oh. a cold feeling, yeah. Our book and relationships ended. And uh, I, as, you, as you well know from talking earlier, I'm not, much, I'm not very much into relationships, intimate ones at all. And, and I have my own reasons for that. I mean, nothing real complicated. But so my songs reflect my inner feelings uh, about things and the pain, and I sing about pain real well. <laughs> <laughs> when they talk about bringing me love things, I say no, no, give that to someone else. Give me the painful things. I can make that work. I can draw back. I can look back on prior experiences, and I'll make the second work if it's about pain. Let's let us do it. <laughs> I really want to do more of what I've been doing and pray to get that in. Once again ladies and gentlemen from the new album a very lovely ballad written by Miss Marty Sharon and produced by her she lives in Los Angeles and she wrote and produced no one in the world for Miss Anita Baker some time ago as well as jump for the Pointer sisters wonderful talent and for me she decided this was my year and she wanted me to have this lovely song. It's called Walk Away. Well, I can cause that
2: bridge in my mind. Don't we dance one too many times. Can I feel the love looking at you? Can I hold on and say that we what do we do What When price seems to I got
0: 45-year-old Hyman was supposed to sing at the Apollo Theater tonight, but her assistant found her unconscious in her midtown apartment this afternoon. She died at a nearby hospital. Police say pill bottles and notes were found near Hyman's body. Jazz singer Phyllis Hyman, dead of an apparent suicide at age 45. Phyllis Hyman
3: died on Friday. Authorities say she committed suicide. Tonight, fans and friends packed St. Peter's Community Church in Manhattan. Family members remembered Hyman, who grew up in Pennsylvania as somebody who was loved around the world
7: you can just go ahead and sing what song you going to sing from Blue lisa well there's a song that i wrote for my for my album that's coming up i can't hold you like i want to can't hold you to the promises you made you won't be here tonight
2: or any other night It would be a lie to say, I'm not afraid, but to be afraid is something that I've always been. The difference is this time, I'm not giving in. Yes, I am alone. Yes, I'm on my own. But for the first time in my life, I'm gonna carry on Yes, I'm gonna ache, but I will not break Some things I can choose And baby, i refuse to be lonely That's what I do I think part of it is a lot more, but (laughs) that's great.
1: Welcome back, and uh, you're listening to uh, the Pan-African Journal, worldwide uh, radio broadcast, and uh, that was a uh, documentary on Phyllis uh, Hyman. And uh, that's going to conclude uh, our program for today. Uh, if you'd like to have access to this program, just go uh, to our website uh, at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Pan-African Journal. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash Pan-African Journal. That is the Pan-African Radio Network. If you want to read the Pan-African Newswire, just go to our website at panafricannews.blogspot.com. And uh, we're going to hear uh, music uh, from Shirley Scott. Uh, album entitled Now is the Time from 1967. Uh, this is our Bayomé Azikah Way signing off, and have a beautiful week
2: we <laughs> for okay. me.